gentlemen welcome to a new episode of my podcast today i'm gonna to review dragon ball z kakarot and we're gonna see if this game is actually worth your money currently it's 35 bucks on playstation network um playstation store actually sorry uh 50 bucks for the dlcs as well i'm gonna actually review the base game then i'm gonna tell you about the dlcs and whether or not if this game is worth your money and time. Very well. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot is, of course, the story of Goku, basically. It's about how he became the strongest person and how he saved the world multiple times. Even though, honestly, Gohan did some of the work and Vegeta. Still, it's all about that. It's about his story, about what he did and everything that happened to him during this time. The game starts off with Goku meditating and doing a shadow battle, if you want to call it, you know, mental image battle they do, uh, fighting Piccolo. And Gohan is still a kid. They go to visit Chi-Chi and all that stuff. And of course, the story starts from there. The Saiyan saga starts immediately. Now, Mm, right off the bat, I noticed that there are lots of details here. There are many things that they actually did correctly. The way Goku looks, the way Gohan looks, the voices, the appearances, everything is done very neatly. And when you start the game and you play it, it has such a great feeling. Like, you just feel that this game knows what Dragon Ball is supposed to be. So you start it off... You fight Raditz, and of course you die. You go on to the Snake Way, you meet King Kai, and the rest of it. Now, as you may know, this is something that is actually close to manga rather than the anime. But here are my thoughts based on every single arc. That's how I'm going to rate this game. How it represented that arc, how faithful it was, and how did I feel after playing it. So, Saiyan Saga, in my opinion, was actually a really well-made saga. The fights were really nice, the details were really nice, the battles were intense, especially Goku versus Vegeta. Everything about this particular saga was really well done and made me really happy that this game does it like this, that it actually respects the source material. However, there are a few things that I wish were different. For one, I would have loved to run on the Snake Way. It wasn't probably something very difficult to do. I would have just loved to do that. I mean, I can go to King Kai's planet, but I can't go to Snake Way. It would have been fun if I were the one who was running all around that place, or at least seeing how Goku felt or what he did during that time. I mean, sure, anime and manga both have done this, but... 
again, I would have loved to experience it myself as well. That's the whole point of Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. I would have loved to see Goku's trainings. Basically, in my opinion, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot had this opportunity to expand on many things regarding Dragon Ball. Things that you normally couldn't see or do in basically watching the anime or manga. Now you could do them by playing the video game. It would have been something unique. Something that made Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, well, a must experience kind of a game. A different kind of experience altogether. But unfortunately, it doesn't do that. So Saiyan Saga goes on. It's, like I said, pretty well made. The fights are pretty well it's pretty fun. I would have loved to actually control Uzaru's, like control Gohan, but this doesn't happen and that kind of disappoints me. Not in a huge way, but it does a little bit. I, I, it would have been fun to do that. So I would say that Saiyan Saga is pretty well made, so I give it 8.5 this particular saga. Next one is none other than Frieza. Frieza Saga is, without a doubt, one of the most impressive recreations of this thing that I've ever seen, albeit with a few things here and there that, of course, repeat themselves throughout the game, but I'm going to get to that. The Frieza Saga is really, really well made. I did not expect to be able to explore Planet Namek. I did not expect to have side quests on Planet Namek, quests that actually continue on well, much, much later onto the game, and you see them continued. That was pretty cool. To me, it was amazing. Playing as Gohan was amazing. Vegeta, oof. Basically, everyone. You get to play as everyone. That impressed me, because I thought that maybe I'm just controlling Kakarot and Vegeta at best, and Gohan at certain times. It seems like, no, that's not the case. Because of the story, you get to control them, fight as them, upgrade them, and do much more. Now, in my opinion, Frieza Saga was absolutely a blast. Everyone was at their best here. There was so, so many things they got right. So many things that I loved. There was one particular scene I would have loved to have seen it done better. The scene where Goku turns into a Super Saiyan for the first time. It was really well done. However, I expected him to, you know, basically... Not just him, but basically that scene was a little bit longer. Show more emotion here and there. It would have been a little bit better. But I'm not going to complain. Still, the fight against Frieza, way better. And the comparison that I have for this one in this generation is, of course, Xenoverse and Fighters. And this game feels much better than both of them. Sorry, Fighters, I love you, but this one did it better. Then we come to <laughs> the Cell Saga. The one saga I <sighs> I tried to love, honestly. I really did. I wanted to love this. And I was super excited for the Cell Saga because that's the one saga I actually love. Out of all of the Dragon Ball Z ones, Cell to me is really special. I love it. Don't know why. But this is my favorite, so I expected a lot out of it. Unfortunately, it didn't deliver on many fronts. While the battles were fun, they were engaging, there were at times that you could feel like they poured their heart and soul into it. There were parts that it felt like they were just like, okay, let's get this over with. Let's get this over with. And that was weird to me. Like, 
Why? You spent an enormous time designing and making the cutscene for Gohan versus Cell and Vegeta versus Cell in that particular place where Vegeta gets angry about Trunks and shoots all those volley beams. He does it here as well, but it's done really well. And the animation is just oof. Like, really oof. They're just absolutely amazing. So, you do all of that, yet you eliminate huge parts of Cell Saga that were absolutely important to the story? I don't get to see Trunks turn into Super Saiyan Class C or Class 3, whatever you want to call it. The version of him that he gets just so huge, yet his speed is much less, but his strength is much more. You erase that from the game. I don't get to see Vegeta yell on top of his lungs, Final Flash for the first time. And it's so terrible that Final Flash becomes something you have to unlock outside of the story. Oof, that is real bad. And the fact remains that Final Flash is supposed to be Vegeta's strongest attack, yet Big Bang attack is much stronger. Believe me, try it out. Big Bang is just OP as hell. Every battle I have Vegeta with me as a support, I just use his Big Bang and it just eliminates lots of the uh, health of my enemies. And even Spirit Bomb doesn't have that much attack. That's weird. You should think that's weird, especially since Big Bang Attack just uses much less key than Spirit Bomb. Basically, Big Bang Attack is OP as hell. OP. Like, super OP. If this game had an online mode, yikes. People would spam this particular attack. Trust me, they would. So, oh, wow. So, yeah, Cell Saga. Mm. Love the ending. Love the cutscenes at the end, but hated everything else in the middle. The beginning was fine. The ending was superb. The middle was like, ugh. It's like they didn't like Cell Saga. It's like they hated Cell Saga. They just rushed through this thing, and that bugged me. There were many things they didn't show. They, we didn't even get to see Jiro's lab. And I'll get to that in a sec. Next thing that I hated was... Well, these are details. Let's not get there. I'm going to give a score. I forgot to give Frieza Saga a score, but I give it 9 out of 10. Cell Saga, the weakest of the bunch for me. I wanted to give it 7.5, but given that final cutscene and the... Beautiful work there. I give it 8. But yeah, it is the weakest. Then we come to Majin Buu. It is weird how Majin Buu Saga actually gets the most detailed representation here. They do almost everything correctly here. There are a few things that were missing. They were. But compared to the rest of it, oof, they were amazing. You have no idea how well they recreated this saga for me. It was absolute blast to do it. I wish there were some things that they added from the anime and the manga, but they were minimal when I watched the rest of the game, this cutscenes, and of course the detail they put into it. The details were just absolutely mind-blowing. I was on the edge of my seat. There were cutscenes that probably took 10 minutes to watch, yet they were so good, 
you just thought that you were watching the anime with a fresh coat of paint. So good. Everything about this particular saga was done with care, was done with, well, basically, love to this particular series. There are times that when you get to control Gotenks or Vegito, you actually feel very powerful. There were times that you feel dread as you're like, oh, come on, give up already. Majin Buu Saga is actually one of the longer sagas of the Dragon Ball. And there are lots of fillers here and there. I'm not saying I hate the fillers for this particular saga, no. But I'm glad that some of them actually made it here and they made the game even better. The game, the whole saga, the whole story of this saga was done beautifully. Everything about it was done extremely well. And without a doubt, especially the ending and how beautifully recreated one of my favorite scenes, I give it 9.5. Majin Buu Saga, in my opinion, was the best part of this game. Now, I'm gonna say what I thought about the whole game and mechanics here and there, so I'm gonna make it a little bit fast. Yes, the game is full of, how do I put this? RP, action RPG mechanics that particularly some of them don't work and some of them do work. Some of them require you to think like the anime and the manga or use your knowledge, such as community board, so you can know, okay, who goes where and what does what, and you have to do it like that. Pretty cool. But it doesn't come into play until much later in the game because of how limited your options and soul emblems are. That sucks, particularly because all of those emblems are connected and, well, they're needed for you to do some side quests and fight some bosses again and again. So, mm, while that repetition is there, the story told is not that bad and it is fun to fight them again just to see how stronger you got this time. But, well, this kind of element doesn't come into play as much as you'd think, at least not in the main story. After the story, it doesn't really matter anymore because all you're doing is probably just, I don't know, getting trophies or grinding your ass until you get to 250. Who can actually grind that much? I got to 100 by, well, basically getting the platinum. That was how far I got. My Gohan got to 103. Uh, Goku and Vegeta were 97. But after a while, like I did some extra stuff, fight some more enemies. Finally, they got to 100 as well, and Gohan was 105, I believe. So, the thing is that that particular element doesn't come into play. The other element that comes into play is the abilities each character has and how you upgrade them and how you use them. Most of them I try to do them based on the anime, but of course many of them doesn't, do make sense. Like Final Flash takes a lot out of Vegeta, so you can't spam it, but in the game of course you can. Spirit Bomb, you just go, gotta go like, then you throw it. I'm like, yeah, definitely, makes sense. And it, it just keeps getting huge. Like, when you get to the absolute final tier upgrade, it's just so huge that it's basically the size of a planet. 
And the game actually acknowledges that, saying that this can actually destroy a whole planet. And I was like, seriously? I mean, it's not needed to have this. I mean, even the normal one can probably wreck a planet if it wanted to, if it was not thrown to just one person. So, yeah, the action RPG elements, some of them work well, some of them don't work at all. Or at least work much later. The transportation modes, such as the car, bipedal, Nimbus, are fun, but not kind of thing that can actually replace the original, which is flying around at high speeds. The way it works is just so damn satisfying, I love it. The amount of detail in the world is just astounding, how destructible it is, how it works in the um, environment, the attacks, everything. There are so many cool things about it, but there are some performance issues I actually saw during the playing. There were parts of the game where I actually threw everything I had at the enemy. Big Bang, Super Kamehameha, and um, the final name of the spirit mom, I don't remember. That one as well. And usually it had no problems. No performance problems. But sometimes, and this was particularly in the training area for some reason, it stuttered like hell. It was like... And then it continued. And it was weird. I was like, nowhere else did I see that. And I did a lot of fighting just to grind my levels. So this is weird. Why it happens? I don't know. But it does. Was it my PS4? Doubt it. Never seen my PS4 do that, especially running when running Last of Us 2. So definitely Dragon Ball Z Kakarot would not be that much of a problem for it. Maybe the amount of pixels and everything on the screen was a little bit hardware to process, but still... The game could be at fault here. There are no beam struggles in this game. One thing that I hated about this game. The beam struggles just don't work. I only had two instances of it. One, when Gohan fights Cell for the first time being Super Saiyan 2. The beams connect and I have the chance to go beam struggle. I was like, yay! And another one, after the Cell saga, one particular enemy came... It was one of these random enemies. They threw a beam. I threw a beam. Again, beam struggle. But most of the time, it doesn't happen. Most of the time, it's just weird. You just do it. They do it. And whoever shoots it first gets to destroy the other one's beam and just hit them straight in the face. No beam struggle most of the time. Another thing that I hated about this game was the blood. It wasn't there. And that sucked. Why? You don't have to show lots of blood. Show the... Same amount that the game, sorry, the anime and the manga had. But tone it down a little bit if you're worried about the rating. You don't need to show every single blood. But I need to say that, for example, when Gohan's arm gets damaged when he's protecting Vegeta, I need to see that blood. When Vegeta gets punched real hard, show me the blood. When Trunks' chest gets basically uh, a hole inside it, show me blood, damn it. The lack of it really doesn't do this thing well. Oof. Same thing with Dragon Ball Super. Same thing. My complaint of Dragon Ball Super as well. The combat is absolutely satisfying. It has a one-button combo where you just keep pressing it and it keeps hitting combos like... That's pretty awesome. And the surge reminds me very much of what was in Dragon Ball Fighters without, of course, the healing part. 
even though you can actually get an upgrade that does that for you. The attacks are satisfying. They're much more detailed than they ever were, not just in the anime, but also, also in the game world. Very detailed, very nicely done. Some of them became my favorites, even though I never liked them in the anime. But thanks to this game, they became my favorite. There are many graphical things that truly were amazing, but there are things that I hated as well. When you fight a certain character, I would have loved to see damage to their clothes. Especially if in the next cutscene they're suddenly looking so worn down and torn up. That can actually happen. The other thing that I hated as well was that if my character is supposed to lose or have no chance of defeating this guy, don't come and tell me that the battle condition is you defeat this guy. If I can defeat him, if I see my character taking no damage in terms of clothing, then my idea, if I'm playing as someone who doesn't know the anime, is that I'm winning. So I'll be shocked when I see my character suddenly is beaten up, no clothes, and the other one is just standing there being like, haha, I am feeling so good. I am your defeater. Uh-huh. I'm gonna kick your ass. Why exactly? It wouldn't be hard. Just teach us humility. Kick our ass. I don't care. Like, it could be that I destroy, like, half the bar of its, of, of its health and nothing happens to them and suddenly it goes into cutscene. Or basically they just attack me and I lose my health completely. Something. Details, people. As for my Cell Saga criticisms, why the hell don't we see Trunks in the other timeline? It was easy for Xenoverse to do it. In fact, Xenoverse did much better. In fact, Xenoverse just did it. These guys didn't. We don't get to see Jiro's lab, which was weird. Why not? We didn't get to see lots of stuff. And oh, one particular thing. <laughs> this was funny to me. Android 18 is like, oh, my clothes, they're torn up. I need new clothes. And since there's no damage to clothes, unless it's the character model, you just look at it and look, your clothes are fine. What's your problem? You just want new clothes? Oy. The game could have done so much more in terms of details. It could have become the ultimate Dragon Ball experience. It didn't. So, how am I going to even rate this game? And the DLCs are they worth? As far as I know, the DLCs containing Beerus and Whis, basically that, it doesn't follow anime or manga at all. It's its own thing. And for me, that sucks. I mean, the story could have been better. I watched the playthroughs. I didn't buy the DLC, but I watched it. And it was like, meh, really meh. I don't know what the other two stories are. I hope they're actually good things. Because I'm not sure what they're going to go with. Probably Resurrection of Frieza is going to be the next one. Don't know. Maybe. Maybe the next one could be even Broly. Don't know. But most likely that would be it. Adapting the three different movies into stories makes more sense than Frieza and Tournament of Power, Tournament 6 vs. 7, or even Goku Black. Because these ones are actually connected to each other. So, pretty hard to do, huh? 
One more thing. There are some pretty cool things in the game that I'm not going to spoil, but if you know, you know. There are connections to other games in the Dragon Ball world. Certain characters appear and they do certain shit. To me, it was really amazing. I was blown away by this and I was like, ooh, that is pretty cool. That is pretty awesome how they connected them. And actually makes this world maybe not exactly the canon world or maybe just a different world altogether, especially considering if the side quests are to be considered canon in that world. If they are, this is a separate world altogether from the original. Then, something that I actually liked was the fact that we get to see Launch. Aww, finally, we get to know where she was or certain characters were during the conflicts. It was cool. Well, I say again, it's not per perhaps the most detailed of them all, but in some aspects, yes, it is the most detailed. Is it a must experience for every Dragon Ball fan out there? Yes. If you are a massive Dragon Ball fan, experience this game. It's just worth your time, worth your money. It's just that good. Is it... Uh, are the DLCs worth it? I say wait. Wait until we see what's the rest of it. The newest piece of DLC was this Tau Pai Pai, this log that you can throw and write on it, just like that <laughs> assassin who saw Goku and he was afraid and he just threw it and ran like hell. I actually didn't get to see his side quests. I, I hope there is. I missed a few side quests. Apparently, I'm actually going to go back later and experience them just to make sure I didn't miss any. Um, and the next one's going to be a card game just like Super Dragon Ball Heroes. Why? Who asked for this? Who? Who? Tell me. Who? Japanese fans? Okay. But us, we want different things. You gotta do that. Oh, and one more thing I almost forgot. Little nitpicky, but I love to nitpick, especially this part. When Goku turns into Super Saiyan 3 or Gohan goes Super Saiyan 2, it's just way too short as well. I don't know why. Is it because Miss Nozawa can't uh, basically scream like that anymore? Because I'm sure Sean can actually do that. But I miss that. And took me out of the atmosphere a little bit. Because I expected a little bit more. But, uh, don't know, don't care. Um, anyways, like I said, this is a must experience for Dragon Ball fans. If you're not a Dragon Ball fan, trust me, you're going to be very confused by playing this game. You may not even appreciate everything this game has to offer you, unfortunately. This is the thing with anime video games. You need to be a fan, otherwise it's pretty hard to connect to it. If you're a fan, you're going to geek out all over the game, like, yee, that's so cool. But if you're not a fan, ugh, very hard to get excited for this game. That's probably why I had so much trouble finding this game in my country, so I could buy it and play it. And since PlayStation Store didn't put this game that much on the um, sale, I also had a problem buying it like that, but found a kid. He was willing to sell it for 18 bucks, basically, when I converted. And I was more than happy to pay that much for this game. Good kid. Actually, I think of buying Control as well. Found it for 20 bucks as well. 
So, <laughs> pretty awesome game. Pretty well made. Don't go in expecting the most detailed thing you ever want, but do take this into your consideration as well. That this is a game that does more for this particular story than most other games have done. There are many things that you don't see in other Dragon Ball games, and I'm actually happy that it does that. So yes, if you're looking for a new kind of experience compared to Xenoverse and others, this is a game for you. Aesthetically, gameplay-wise, graphically, story-wise, this game is phenomenal. That's why I'm giving this game 8 out of 10, but with half a point extra, simply because I loved this game to the end, and it did not bore me. And it had surprises for me that I did not expect. 8.5 out of 10 for this game. I'm not going to be too harsh on this game. I loved it. Pretty good game. Pretty well made in many ways. And, well, one of the better anime games, open world anime games, I've ever seen. Of course, like I said, again, this game could have been absolutely bigger. It could have been much more detailed. Yeah. But I'm fine with what we got. And I'm hoping for a much better game on PS5 and Xbox Series X in the next gen. Where, since loading times are supposed to be non-existent, I would expect to be able to instant transmission everywhere I want. Everywhere. Like, like that since there's no loading. And I would expect the world to be much bigger and much more things to do. I mean, this was a good game, but I'm expecting more for the next gen, if it's hard for them to do it this gen. Thank you for listening in. I, whew, 30 minutes, that's a little bit much, sorry. I had so much things on my mind. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope that this was informative for you guys. And I hope to see you guys very soon. The next game I'll probably be playing and maybe reviewing would probably be Drag... Sorry, not Dragon Ball. Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls Ultimate Evil Edition. Yeah. Haven't played it on PS4. And I heard that I can actually bring my characters from PC to PS4. If that can happen, then yowza. Already a 10 out of 10 for me. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining me. I hope to see you guys very soon. <laughs>